0: Okay, well as I mentioned earlier, uh, Ash Wednesday has launched us into this time as we prepare our hearts for the celebration of the Resurrection Resurrection Sunday, or as we better know it uh, in our culture as Easter Sunday. So we're going to be studying the book of Philippians as we prepare our hearts, a wonderful book, and we're going to be studying chapter 2 all the way up to Easter as it talks about uh, probably the most important aspect of Jesus' character in terms of uh, his his character traits, and that is humility. But before I get into that, I want to really quick take a moment and just talk really fast about what Easter, what the Resurrection Sunday is about, why it is that we celebrate that, and it's because of the gospel message. So I want to start this message out by presenting it clearly and without any mistake what that is all about and what the gospel message is is that when God created the world everything was good everything was perfect and yet mankind decided to rebel against God and mankind has been inclined toward rebellion against God we call this sin and so in our hearts when we are born we are all inclined against doing uh, the will of God and so we're rebels against him but oh and and this has uh this has brought condemnation upon us that if we do not repent of our sins if we do not walk the way that god wants us to that we are going to suffer eternally in separation from god we call this hell we were trapped in this pattern of condemnation until one day God, through his great love and mercy, sent his son, Jesus Christ, into the world. He lived a perfect life, something that we could not do for ourselves. He died on a cross as a sacrifice to atone for our sins. So he wiped us clean of our sins right there. He cleared the slate so that he took all the sins upon himself, God's wrath upon himself, our penalty. And because of the resurrection, we are justified in our faith through him and through faith, we can have eternal life instead of eternal condemnation and live forever with God uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit. So we praise God for his work in Jesus Christ. And indeed, as we study through the second chapter of Philippians, we learn about, like I said, probably the most important quality His character uh, in Jesus' character uh of Jesus Christ that being his humility Humility and I have to say living in true humility is a very difficult task I remember reading an illustration by uh, one of my favorite well probably my favorite pastor Chuck Swindoll uh, Where he said that there was this contest, uh, you know, they're, they're, it's kind of like at the end of your senior year They're giving out these awards of best this best that and they said at this convention uh, this pastoral convention they handed out a reward for the most humble person most humble pastor and they gave him a gave him like a medal to hang around their neck that said most humble so they gave it to this uh, they called up the person to receive the the medal and he started wearing it to his church immediately the the medal was removed they revoked the most humble reward from him it's difficult you can't call yourself humble if you want to be humble because that's like it's it's arrogant to call yourself humble So it's very, very difficult to walk in humility when you can't even really acknowledge it yourself. And yet our younger generations are taught that life is in large part about them. Our culture has uh, embraced this idea. And uh, because of that, people become more focused on their jobs, their interests. Uh, But in reality, such selfishness is not what Jesus taught Uh, And it does not bring about the results that we are led to believe when we only invest in ourselves and focus on our own betterment and only our own betterment. Uh, In fact, there was a movie that I watched growing up. I watched it frequently, as my parents could probably tell you. I'm not going to tell you the title right now, uh, but it was the typical story of good versus evil, good guys versus bad guys. And the hero of this movie was stuck in a situation where he saw that his friends were all going to be killed unless he did something about it. And so he made the statement that this villain must be defeated no matter the cost. Think of the gravity of those words. Essentially what he was saying is, I know that I could be killed if I help my friends. And in fact, in this movie, That is actually what happens. The hero ends up paying the ultimate price for doing the right thing. But he understood that he had to in order to do what was right and to preserve the lives of other people. I want you to contrast that. I find incredible irony myself when I study movies, but then I study the actors and actresses that create the movies, though, as well. And when I see Hollywood celebrities, by worldly metrics, you know what, I'll I'll be fair to them, by worldly metrics, they would look like good people. They participate in community projects and give to charities. It certainly looks good and probably even helps out some people in need. Nonetheless, many of them give out of conceit. They do good so that everyone can see and praise them for the good things that they are doing. And even worse, some of the things that they do that are good deeds are not really even all that good, but actually promote sin. And they lead people away from God. They fail to realize that their good works will not get them or even the people they serve into the kingdom of heaven. Now, so we just discussed a movie where the hero was willing to sacrifice his own life, everything for the good of his friends. And then we looked at movie stars that give relatively little to earn favor in the eyes of the world. Our goal, again, is to have humble hearts, is to exemplify Jesus Christ in our lives. And that is why Philippians one twenty nine says, It has been granted to you on behalf of Christ. Not only to believe in Him, but also to suffer for Him. Now, I also wanted to mention this scripture, uh, Philippians 1:29, that says that uh, that not only are we to believe in Jesus, but we are also to suffer for Him, because that actually connects directly to the scriptures that we read this morning in Philippians chapter two, as it starts off with the word therefore. And so there's a connection between that and the suffering that we are expected to endure for the sake of Christ. Philippians 2, 1 and 2 says, Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in Spirit, And of mind. Okay, so now we got the proper context for this all, and it's preparing us to receive this message of how to be humble like Jesus Christ. And in these verses, we actually catch that there are three things a humble Christian is called to do, and I'm going to just list them off for you real quick, and then I'm going to explain them just very briefly here. Uh, The first one is be like minded, the second one is have the same love. And the third one is being one in spirit and of mind. So be like-minded, have the same love, be one in spirit and of mind. So going into number one here, uh, be like-minded. What does be like-minded mean? Who are you to be like-minded with? Well, with other Christians. This means that your core beliefs and life missions line up with those of your fellow Christians believers. We see a lot of the divide inside of the church right now because there's not necessarily agreement on what our missions and our core beliefs should be. So I'm going to help you out here real fast so that we're all on the same page because this is a command inside of scripture to be like-minded with our fellow believers. And these are our core beliefs. God created the world. The world is broken from sin. God sent his son to die for our sins And that Jesus will return one day for his church. And then our life missions. We should be one in this regard too, moving forward with the same mission. And in general, we all have our different callings and specific purposes. But in general, our life's missions should be to help each other and to share the good news of Jesus Christ. So that's number one. Number two, have the same love same love as who, of course, is the very next question. And uh, verse 1 actually reveals to us who we are to have the same love as, uh, namely, Jesus Christ. That probably wasn't too hard to figure out, right? We're supposed to love people the way that Jesus loves us. And this means that we have to be sacrificial with our lives, as we talked about that a little bit already. Number three, being one in spirit and of mind. Now, at first... This might sound very, very mystical when you read those words. It's a very spiritual way of putting it. Let me simplify it for you a little bit. What it is saying is that we are to have the same attitude as other believers. We are to be one in the same attitude. So uh, I think about it in terms of when we worship on a Sunday morning. It's supposed to be an atmosphere where we are worshipful, where we are grateful, where we are thankful where we are honoring God and that when people walk through the, the church doors, they can just they can just feel the love that we have for one another and the love that we have for our God through how we honor him and how we, uh, how we take care of one another. So that's what it's talking about there. It's talking about having the same attitude. So I hope that one really helps out, particularly with number three right there because that can be kind of confusing. Verses three and four then go on to say, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests but to each of you to the uh, but each of you to the interests of others. So humility does exactly what the beginning of Philippians chapter 2 says. It puts other people's needs, other people's desires above your own. And we live in a world that has been brainwashed to believe that your needs and your desires are all that matter. It says that the only person worthy of, selfishness says that the only person worthy of your time is yourself. But that leaves people, the individuals who are selfish, feeling isolated and empty. Selfishness causes us to lose everything worthwhile about our lives and selfishness in itself is indeed destructive. Even Jesus has a had a had a brother. I think that most of you prior of that. Uh, the book of James is the letter of Jesus' brother James, um, and James wrote that what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You want something, but don't get it. You kill and covet, but you cannot have what you want. You quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. That comes from the book of James, chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. He makes a very interesting case right there. That the fights and quarrels that happen among us are because we want something and we don't get it. And because of that, we seem to keep the blame on other people. We refuse to own our situation, and indeed, it also says that when we, when we're doing this quarreling back and forth with others, what we should be doing, we should be in prayer, asking God. Now, an interesting little tidbit here for your own personal biblical study is that there is an incredible uh, similarity in spirit. Uh, between the Gospel of Matthew and the book of James, particularly. I mean, this is very fascinating. You read the life of Jesus, you hear the words of his brother James, and you see that there is a lot of commonality there uh, between the way that Jesus teaches and the way that James teaches. Now, of course, it's all the Word of God, so it's all promoting the same message, Uh, but it's very interesting to see the the phraseology and everything that they use uh, specifically. And where James says that we fight because we do not get what we want Jesus says in Matthew's gospel to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So you see very much the same thing that Jesus is teaching in the gospel of Matthew. Focus first on God's kingdom. And selfishness is a spirit of entitlement and of pride. But seeking God and doing good for his glory will allow us to be fulfilled in our lives. So if you love people and serve them, you won't have difficulty receiving the things that you desire the most. I've even seen people who have uh, sacrificed the very things that they held most dear to them only to receive it back because they're honoring God, to receive it back twofold because they did exactly what Jesus said. They focused their hearts and their minds on the kingdom of God, and they received a reward as a result of it. So ultimately, this can all be summed up in the teachings of our Lord, two of the great teachings of our Lord Jesus Christ, as I close out this message, where Jesus said, whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. And that's Matthew chapter 16, verse 25. And in Matthew 5, 5, which simply says, Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Please join me in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, there truly is no example of humility that compares to your Son, Jesus Christ. The scriptures tell us that he was obedient even to the point of death. That even though he was God in flesh, he didn't take advantage of that, but rather used his position to serve those around him. He humbled himself as a servant. That he showed love to those by every measure were unlovable. He helped people that could not help themselves. Lord, we get it so backwards. And yet, Lord, you continue to love us. Through the humility of your son, you've shown us grace. We thank you, Lord, for this gift. We pray, Lord, that you would break our hearts for one another. You'd break our hearts for the sake of your mission, your purposes, your desires. As all the pleasures of this world are fleeting and distract us, from the eternity that awaits us let our desire to be to draw others to this eternal flame that you call us to this relationship that you invited us to and is secured with us through your Holy Spirit help us to be your hands and feet help us to walk in humility and not to flaunt our status of children of God, but to have the same attitude as your Son, Christ Jesus. And Indeed, it is in Jesus' name we pray this. Amen. Amen.